Hey friends, before we get started on our episode, we want to make sure that you are following us on all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dabblin' and Dribblin'. And of course, wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, comment, and tell us what you think, especially on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And we're super stoked about this episode because you know what? The NBA is back. What up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Dabbling and Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey. I am very excited for this episode. Why is that? Because the NBA is back. Everyone rejoice. It was... We had a really sad summer. Well, I mean, it was an exciting summer. It was eventful. Super exciting. But you were kind of just waiting around for, like, I was anything just, else? Is, okay, can we finish all the trades? Can we all yeah. figure that out? And Summer League is cute, but... I watched, like, one, maybe two Summer League I thought games? you were going to say minutes of Summer League games. Okay. Oh, but, yeah. also, but also that too. Sure. Like a total of two sure. minutes of the two games that I saw. And, and really good competition. The Young Lakers won. But you know what? That was the Summer League. Yes. And this is the real show. It is the big league. Everyone's at the table and we're about to see what happens. This is great. Yeah. And it's, uh, I could just talk about it all day. But I mean, we're going to get to that. We'll get to it here. We'll get to it. But you're doing good. I am doing well. You Thank sound, you. You sound a little bit better. I am a little better. I was a bit under the weather. A little sniffly. A little bit of the sniffles. <laughs> and, uh, but I made it through with some... You gave me all those milligrams of vitamin C last time. When we were yeah, I was a drug dealer. The game. Yep, I was <laughs> popping tablets and uh, I'm good. I was walking down the street the other day and something else kind of uh, put a little pep in my step. And uh, I saw a bill poster uh-huh. for a new... What I guess a cartoon remake mm-hmm. of the Magic School Bus. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a it's thing on, now. It's on Netflix, I believe. What you know the Netflix Wait. that I have given you. Yep. You know. I love that Netflix. <laughs> oh, love and, it. And I've given you Hulu. Yeah. And anyway, whatever. <laughs> You're the best. And so wait, is that already out? I don't know if it's out. I don't think it's out yet, but it said like, oh, this is coming out soon or something. Let's see. I was like, let me find the date for that because I will definitely be calling in sick that day to work. (laughs) You're going to actually watch it? Hey, listen, I'm not beneath watching children's cartoons from my youth. If they're done well, I'm going to sit back this time with a glass of wine. Yo, is Lynn working on it? Lin-Manuel Miranda's working on it, apparently? What? Let's see what IMBD says. Of course he is. Lin Manuel is. is working on this magic school bus. I don't know. Let's see. He's driving this bus. <laughs> I'm gonna sit back with a glass of red wine, some popcorn, and just kick my feet up, watch Miss Frizzle. Yeah, but it's a new Miss Frizzle, played by Kate McKinnon. What? From SNL. My feet are gonna be kicked up so high. <laughs> it's I gonna mean, be like. Lit. I'm going to have a hard time seeing the TV over my kicked up feet. That's how hard I'm going to be chilling when I watch this Lily thing. Tomlin's playing the original, like, Professor oh, really? Frizzle. Because oh. it's like, I believe it's like her niece or her, like, something like that is... Her name new... is still Frizzle, though? Her last name is still Frizzle. Okay, good. Yeah. But her hair is a little down. Yeah, a little bit more it. kept. Yeah, you it's know, not like... as frizzy. Yeah, like Miss Frizzle. 
This what got me. Yeah, but I think Magic School Bus is also, like, the original Magic School Bus is on Netflix. Oh, it's, yeah, for sure. Because I definitely have watched all of them. I've seen all those. I've seen every single one of those. Three times. (laughs) We are 30 years old. Actually, you're even older than 30 right now. That's right. Mind your elders. I will mind my elders. I'm sorry. But let's I'm get good. How are you? Wait, how are you? Oh, how am I? I don't know. My body's back to sort of normal. Yeah. You, it's not really back you, to normal. You, you, you went through a little bit of a, a little... I became an old woman. Apparently. Yeah. In five seconds. You're just... It, yeah. Completely. But you're back to walk. You're mobile again? I am bit? mobile again. My doc says I can start exercising again, which is really exciting. Oh, that's good. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of like ready to get back to normal life as you and, shall and that'll happen probably after thanksgiving but you know yeah, i'll oh, get there yeah after <laughs> a little bit of potatoes and meat you'll be all right yeah i don't know even if i want potatoes and meat i just want to sleep like eight hours tryptophan's good for that yeah but other than that things are good i've am rocking it and um excited for the next couple of weeks there's some personally some some things that are in store but we will talk yes. about a different date and time on the cast yeah <laughs> i'm happy for you okay all right let's um da, 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 da. let us go into what we need to talk about which is oh all boy. the things oh boy um so first off i mean in our dabbling section you heard about this like hashtag me too movement i have heard about it so mind you I'm still on my one-month hiatus right. from news, mm-hmm. like actual news. So I hear whispers of it through the social media vine, the art world, mm-hmm. some of the sports world a little bit. Right. Enlighten me. Um, so ugh, I don't know where to start because <laughs> you can, I mean, there's so many places you can start. But so uh, Alyssa Milano, who used to be on that Bewitched? No, it's not Bewitched. What What was the show? Wasn't she the daughter she was on... on she, yeah, uh, who's the boss? Who's the boss? Yes. yes. But she was also on this other show that was more recent in the early 2000s where she was a sister of witches. Yeah. Um, Charmed. Charmed. Yeah. Wow, I'm glad you knew that because I did not. WB commercials yes. all the time. WB commercials. So she posted, in light of all the BS Harvey Weinstein stuff that have come... Into fruition, for those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein is an actual penis. He's a dick. Well, um, is he a walking... Well, I see what you're doing. This a, is a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Oh, okay. It's a metaphor. Um, with all of the allegations of sexual harassment and um, even like... Yeah, for him it was specifically sexual harassment and a little bit of assault here and there, I guess. These I are know. for his employees? His employees or even like actresses that wanted to work with him and apparently was well known in our, what is he barking about? Harvey um, Weinstein. Makes sense. Um, that um, that he would, it was well known in Hollywood that he would um, be very suggestive to women, uh, would invite them up to his hotel room and then he would like kind of strip down to nothing but a robe. Um, and Harvey Weinstein, you are not a looker, but you have a lot of power in the industry. Exactly. And so, um, and people have felt threatened by him and whatever. Yeah. Um, so all this is coming to light. Right. And apparently there's been some settlements and things like that. So it doesn't look great and he's gotten fired and uh, a lot of projects and things that, um, 
that typically would have happened in Weinstein Company has stopped or mm-hmm. been halted or people have removed themselves from it. Good for them for doing that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in light of all of these <clears throat> things and just kind of people being like, wow, like there's this has been happening a lot. You think of Roger Ailes, Bill O'Reilly. Like, I mean, this is a lot of Bill, Bill Cosby. Like there's a lot of men who use their power to be predators to other people, specifically women. But, you know, sexual harassment and sexual assault also happen to men and those who are gender nonconforming and all these other things. So in light of all these things, Alyssa Milano posted something on Twitter to be like, wouldn't it be amazing to see essentially women and people who are survivors post of like, hey, this happened to me too. Uh, So hashtag me too happened. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, a lot of mostly women that I saw in my um, newsfeed. Um, I, I definitely saw some men as well as um, um, trans identifying or gender non-conforming folks um, post hashtag me too and kind of talking about their experience of some of them expanded on me too. Others just wrote me too and just left it as that. Um, and some of, and my, my Facebook feed was just filled with people saying me too. And the whole idea was like, for, in Alyssa's mind was the magnitude that this would really enlighten for people of like this is happening to a lot it of people. It was all over. It was all over on Twitter, all over Facebook, all over Instagram. People were posting me too, very bravely, may I yeah. add. But to be clear, it's for anyone who has been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I mean, that, that came out. Um, I mean, I have a lot of feelings about survivors having to out themselves and say, like, this happened to me. Uh, not everybody is in that same right mind to do that. Um, and again, and it's and as someone who who has been sexually harassed in my 30 years mm. of living, I don't love it when... I don't like talking about it unless I'm, like, talking about it with my friends. Like, I've, I've texted you and I've texted my friends. I'm like, oh, my God, got, like... Like, oh, I got groped or like, oh, yeah. someone cat called me and I felt uncomfortable or like, I think this guy is following me. I'm at this intersection, you know, like I've done those things to protect because there's, it's a safety thing after a while. Right. Sure. Um, so I, I didn't, I specifically didn't participate, but really put a critical eye of like, you know, a lot of the times we're putting burden of uh, the burden on the survivors to, you know, you should change how you're looking or, like, mm. what you're wearing or um, tell us what happened to you. Like, we, like, survivors don't owe anybody anyone's story. Like, we don't owe you your, our story to you. Mm. Um, you should just do better. It's, I think, very simple, in my opinion. But it might not be for others. And so, yeah, and so uh, that's, it's been kind of all over the place. Um, and what I think is, more important, like really important to talk about too, is that this wasn't started by Alyssa Milano. Like um, mm. Alyssa Milano eventually posted about um, where this hashtag really started. It started almost ten years ago um, by um, a woman named. Oh my gosh, I just missed her name. I'm so sorry. Okay. I promise I have it. Um, something Burke, Tarana Burke, I'm sorry, Tarana Burke, um, who is, um, she's doing, she's a Brooklyn based girls, uh, girls for gender equality, um, director out there and a program director in, in, in Brooklyn. And, um, and she started the Me Too campaign 
10 years ago after an experience that she had. Mm. Alyssa Milo did um, give her recognition and said this is where it actually originated from and wanted to give her props, so I appreciate that. Um, but even I would even say the Me Too movement doesn't have a lot of intersectionality or even um, sensitivity to how traumatizing Mm. It is to kind of see that in your newsfeed. I had to like step away after a while. Yeah. Because some people were being really detailed of like what happened to them mm. from like nuanced things of like what happened to them like while they were walking down the street mm. to like someone catcalled or someone like followed them or, you know, which is not nuanced. It's, those are big things um, to like, you know, when something happened by a family member and they were told to be silent about it. And like, like that's it's that's really hard to read. Yeah, I'm looking here on the New York Times and Lapita Nwongo wrote a piece about how she was sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. She even just comes right out and is like, oh yeah, me too. Like literally by this person. And uh, for someone so classy and so sophisticated and accomplished as Lapita Mm -hmm. to be, you know, come on to by this this, this man who, as you said, not a flattering fellow to think of in just a bathrobe. Like, I don't I don't know her situation in the article. I haven't read it in detail. But to just think, like, he said, oh, she looks like something that I can just win over. And I'm just going to use my money and my privilege to right. just, like, put this person in this precarious position. It's like, wow, that's pretty indecent and, you know, presumptuous of you, to say the least. Um, and I want I'm hearing you say this, I'm thinking like, because I'm thinking of the different people I've talked to in the recent weeks, even mm-hmm. who I know of who've been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed mm-hmm. in the city, mm-hmm. who are women, uh, young women, and <clears throat> their stories that I've either heard in detail or in passing. And it just makes me think how much I'm doing percentages in my head mm-hmm. as I'm thinking of these scenarios of how much of this is biological and how much of this is cultural. Mm-hmm. Because Worldwide, it seems to be men who perpetrate these kind of things towards women. Mm -hmm. And very rarely do I see women doing this towards men. And there's patriarchy there. Mm -hmm. But there's also, what, where's my testosterone level in this? Mm -hmm. I don't know how the human mind works enough. I'm not into that field. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, eh, I mean... Will we ever get to a point where men feel like, by and large, respect is owed to every single person? And I think about especially the homeless community in New Mm -hmm. York City. There's a lot of men on the street who would be open to at least sexually harassing women, Mm -hmm. if not assaulting. And this is a fear by a lot of women that I've talked to. Right. And I just think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. And like, how do I go out and have a conversation with a man about respecting right. another person when he's thinking about his base level needs. Right. He doesn't like, have a roof over his head. Right. Like I'm yeah. trying to have a conversation around, you know, these things of etiquette and society and culture. And he's thinking like, where's my next meal? Right. You know? And it's complicated too. And this is like the Me Too movement. I've mostly have seen, again, women, some some men here and there, but like this is perpetrated in the LGBTQ community. This is, I mean, like this is, and it's a lot of like masculinity versus femininity conversation. This is like, there's like, this is more than just, it's the, the power of storytelling 
like telling your story and let putting it out there is incredibly powerful, right? Oh, like sure. it is like, hey, this happened to me, and now you can't say you don't know someone mm-hmm. that wasn't sexually harassed or wasn't sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. There's that, but then there's also um, folks who are who just like that is hard to do. There's there's a risk in going out and saying. I was sexually harassed or sexually assaulted when I was eight years old or when I was 10 years old or when I was in college mm. at a party because there may be reper- like personal repercussions. There's cultural repercussions that the intersectionality of those things, like there were people in my newsfeed that I was looking at and I was thinking if their parents saw this, they would, because they are they were immigrant parents, they were yeah. in the Desi South Asian culture or they were of a person of color, like they would bring it would be shame brought to their family because of something that another motherfucker did to this this person because someone i'm guessing would try to pit blame on the victim right you put a blame on an eight an eight-year-old like get the yeah that's the worst go go fuck yourself in every uh, single way possible and you know what i mean so like it so for me like i'm not saying that the movement isn't great i think it's powerful and i hope it's more than than something that's just viral but Mm. something that could do that can do more you know like there like i mean how much do you think it can do I think there's some legislation that can be passed about um, like the time pass and something that's something like that happened to you mm-hmm. um, because I think there are limits to those things. Um, but if you were raped, I don't think there is. But unless you got a settlement, there might be some, like you yeah. can't like there's there's all these different things that, yeah. you know, so many times these cases end in settlements. Yeah, because it's a he said, she said, and it makes me think of. You know, on the other end of things, what Betsy DeVos is doing mm-hmm. with, you know, Title IX mm-hmm. and saying that we need to be thorough and more, give more resources and benefit of the doubt to the person being accused. Right. So we don't wrongfully... The perpetrator. The perpetrator. Uh, so we don't wrongfully move this person out of a position at the university. Sure. And I'm just thinking, like, that sounds fair, but it's ultimately going to be two people in a room together man, woman, or however Other, you identify, et cetera, yeah. um, being accusatory of another person and none of us having been there to witness it. And yeah. when do you ever find someone responsible or completely exonerate someone? Right. And, you know, do you always end in a stalemate in those conversations? I, you know, but I just, it, it's really hard. I, earlier when I was saying the thing about biology versus culture and society and all that that's not to excuse behavior Mm -hmm. by men who choose to do those things but it just it mentally fascinates me how this repeated egregious offense can continue happening generation after generation Mm -hmm. and it i think it's gotten i have to assume from the middle ages until now we as people have gotten better incrementally but we're still not where we need to be if it's happening this much, you know? And I hope that the advent of social media is pushing consciousness levels further, but I'm still thinking of the guy sitting at home watching this Me Mm -hmm. Too movement from whatever screen he's watching and looking outside on his community and thinking, good thing that doesn't happen here. Right. You know, like it happens everywhere else. Right. But I'm still removed from that in my small town community or my city community because he himself doesn't see it. He has blinders to it. He doesn't right. perpetrate it and he doesn't notice it. And and no one's in his circle to tell him about it. Or like you said, the victims who 
experience it. Let's call them survivors because they're not victims. They survived. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. The survivors of harassment and assault are the ones who may, they have the right to not identify. Mm -hmm. They have the right to not put that out there. So someone who doesn't know someone who's been through it may just not know that their friend has been through it, that their family member has been through it. Which is, and I have appreciated everyone who said like, I'm begrudgingly doing me too because I don't feel like I have to freaking share this, but I know it's important. And also I know, I just want you to know that every single woman that you have ever met in your life has experienced it at least once. Yeah. You know what? This is interesting because someone said, was it you who asked me if I'd been sexually harassed? Yeah. Yeah, and I said, sure. You remember Mm -hmm. what I said? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I didn't mind it. Mm -hmm. There's something different Mm -hmm. when it happens to a male. I feel like there's a power dynamic. Right, who's secure enough and who can possibly take care. Like, when I'm walking my dog at 8 o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, just walking my dog, doing my own thing, and a guy is following me in a construction hat for a block saying, hey, baby. Right, so obnoxious. Which is like, oh. first they start with trying to get Wrigley excited. And Wrigley's like, nah, you look, you look shady as hell. This happened to me today. This happened to me today, a couple of blocks away, where I'm walking and the guy's like, hey, baby. And I'm just like, I don't, one, I don't even look that cute. So I don't understand why you're, okay, whatever. Two, two it's literally eight o'clock in the morning. I've not even eaten breakfast yet. <laughs> but I'm like, I haven't had my Wheaties. <laughs> I haven't done my hair. Not, like, I don't, I'm, I'm very not confused ready. That, like, I dressed up for work, you know? Because, oh, okay. like, I was like, I dressed up for work, but I didn't, like, I was just, sure. I mean, I wasn't, were, I was still waking up. Your normal stunning self. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you were walking along, just minding your business, walking your dog, doing walking your daily. Up, doing what I do daily. Yeah. And then, as a, I'm a, I, if someone came and a, like tried to attack me, I know I would fight back and I feel sure, confident in course. that. But I'm still five two. Right. Yeah. Sure. You know, hundred something pounds. And he's and a bigger He's person. a bigger guy. Whether even if he was my same height, mm-hmm. that's still really scary because I have more to lose if he did get a hold of me right. and raped me. Right. And like I just I have I could get pregnant. I could get an S T D. I like I have right. so many things that could happen to me that is really scary. Whereas if like a girl hit on you exactly. and was harassing. It's it's not. Yeah. It's I gotta not. walk. So a, a girl walks behind me for a block and threatens to do what to me? Like, like sexually? Right. Exactly. You What's know, she gonna what's do? she gonna do? Penetrate me with her vagina? <laughs> no. Like, there's. It's not. It's a. Res- Sorry, that just like was a funny. You know. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's no actual f- physical sexual threat in that way. No. And also, the. Pervasiveness of pornography. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say. Just say it. I don't think it's the root of it, but I think it perpetuates it very, yeah. very concretely. Aggressive porn, the yeah. hardcore sex, rough sex. The objectification the... of women mm-hmm. at that level visually for men. And just look at what this is. I mean, like, um, if you were to break down a formula for pornography, mm-hmm. what is it? Look at the the Friends episode. Where Joey and Chandler get the free por- porn. The free porn. And yeah. they won't turn it off, right? <laughs> Joey was in a porno. What was Joey's scene? Joey is the guy working on the copy. Right. He comes into the office and he's like, oh, I'm here to fix the copier, but I can't. 
because they're having sex on the copier, <laughs> right? It's this fantasy mindset of I'm an average Joe. And I'm, I'm a dominating guy just doing, this person. But I'm dominating this really beautiful woman in this way. In Who's a also way. fake like 80%. Oh, yeah. She's com- 80% of them. Mostly is plastic. <laughs> she's by she's a polymer person <laughs> right mostly. essentially and so he's like that's the position of pornography in the male ego is like right. oh even if you're not satisfied with your position in life whether that be job marriage whatever we've created a fantasy world mm-hmm. where you get to have sex with a beautiful woman mm-hmm. and it's totally okay right. make her do whatever you want she's just a and she's gonna love it yeah she's gonna say more please she's gonna say like yeah give me your glory you know mm. all this sort of thing give me your glory Gl- <laughs> Or I don't know what you watch. Game of Move Game on. of Thrones themed Keep pornography. I don't know. Keep I'm not on. out there Keep in the pornography on. sphere. But people are uh, people are creating these these movies for people to enjoy another escape sexually. Mm-hmm. And right. so when they're back in the real world, you have a guy who goes back to the nine to five or the grind or whatever his day job is. Or maybe he's not satisfied with other areas of his life. But when he sees a woman, he's thinking oh, I've seen this play out already. Mm. She's supposed to want me just because I call her. Right. Just because I bring it to her attention. And some guys are doing it with knowing they're going to get a 5% success rate. But they... That's if they're good. Exactly. (laughs) They feel like that's that's fine enough. If uh, one out of 20 give me a look and acknowledge me, that's a a release of endorphins. That's an energy boost. That's just enough for them to get through the day. And if you've... And I know you've you've been there mm-hmm. there with me, uh, not with me, like actually in the actual place. But right. like we've both been to countries where mm-hmm. men can be very sexually repressed, mm-hmm. suppressed. Yeah. Um, and it is evident yeah. just when you walk down the street, like the way they look at you. The, yeah, the yeah, it's just, it's hungry. Oh my They're God. hungry. It, the thirsty and the hungry. Yeah. It's like feed these men, but something nourishing, like right. self esteem. <laughs> like give them. Bowls of self-esteem. <laughs> that would be better. And but yeah. I mean, you watch that happen. And I could do- go through a whole list of theories of what I think that is right. culturally. Right. But it's not my country. It's not my place. I don't know. Right. So. But it's I also the case like here too, right? Like men have to look a certain way for them to be particularly like, pleasing, right? Like you have to have the six pack, the the V thing that like you know the V thing with your abs. I'm I'm watching you describe a V like I don't know what it is, but I think I know what you're getting at. But like they have to look a certain way. They need to have pecs. They need to have arms. All these different things. The same way women are supposed to look a certain way or do certain things. But I think when at least for me as a girl, I think like oh, guys always want this. Like they have to like girls like women have to Mm -hmm. always look like Mm -hmm. a size zero. You know, boobs, booty, whatever. But really, Nicki Minaj. They, oh god. Actually, some men don't want that. That's a lot. Some men like a pancake. Some people like (laughs) on both sides. I guess. (laughs) I mean, do you? Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Um, But what I've come to see a lot is that men just want pussy. (laughs) Like seriously, diversity of like like they. It's and and a lot of it could be. I'm not getting any, so I just, I'll get it anywhere. Like there's that. Or like I can be selective so I can get the best of the best Mm. because I have power, money, whatever. Uh, The Roger Ailes, the Harvey Weinsteins, um, basketball players, whatever, you know, like they have, they have stuff so they can, they can do whatever they want. Um, But then like for, for women, like I always, I'm like incredibly selective who I date, who I Mm. bring over, who I introduce to my friends. Like I'm very, very, like I'm selective because 
this stuff ain't cheap. Like, this, like my stuff ain't for sale. Know like your that. worth. Yeah. Know your worth. And also, we as men, Y'all by and large, we we are flawed <laughs> from the head to the toe sometimes. Like, honestly, the bell curve on women is probably better odds. Right. You you're are dating f- down yeah, more you're than all dating. we are. Yeah, 100%. Plain and simple. Right. And I read an article today because I was just looking at some... Um, and in the midst of all this, came across some other things. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, dating men and women research shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> men are after looks. Women want a guy who's intelligent. If okay. we're talking about hetero relationships no specifically. Shit. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> wow. How much money went into that study? You know? But I mean, Who sponsored sure. it? I know, right? <laughs> okay, Cupid. But I'm just thinking how hard it is to find a guy who's not... I listened to a book recently that gave some advice. Mm-hmm. It's a, one of those like self-improvement books. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be encouraging you. And one of the tips was examining the whole self of like, make sure to read books, make sure to right. like work hard and, you know, sleep. Sure. But it's like also exercise and work on your body. So to do that, I advise you to take a picture of yourself, cut out the picture, your, your face, put it on, t- find Beyonce's a magazine body. on top of a guy, this is men mm-hmm. specifically, on top of a guy's chiseled right. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> body and say, in a year, that's going to be me if I take X, Y, and Z steps. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, that is such a slippery slope of advice. Yeah, because can, you can get eating disorders, yeah. like be taking steroids you shouldn't be taking, yes. like just all these different things. I mean, there's expectations that we as a like culture have put on like what relationships are supposed to look like. And, and not just in heterosexual culture, but like also in homosexual culture, mm-hmm. like, you know, you, are you femme? Are you, are you, uh, are you butch? Are you, um, um, are you a stud? If you're thinking about like the mm-hmm. women of color dating other women right. of color, if you're trans, what does that mean? And what is the p- politics of that? And so it's like, we have all put out rule, these unwritten rules of what dating should be looking like or what relationship should look like and how you, are satisfied sexually, emotionally, mentally, but with a partner or partners, whatever your style is, mm-hmm. um, that it becomes problematic because there isn't like respect is not talked about at all in oh, anything, dude. right? Like there's there's no respect for yourself mm-hmm. as a person, and and someone who's being sexually assaulted or sexually harassed has respect for themselves. The other person doesn't have the respect oh, for the other person, right? Like this is not, and like you're not showing like. That's why I asked, and like, instead of being like, everyone tell us your story of how you've been, that this has happened to you, which is powerful, and if you are, if you feel safe to express that story and share it, please do so. Right. I don't feel that safe to share it yeah. or talk about it, so I'm not going to. I mean, I can talk about like little harassing things here and there that have happened to me, and but I'm not going to talk about anything any more grotesque or if, if, if or when it did happen to me, I'm not going to talk about it, right? Yeah. Just because I don't want to because everyone's at a different place. However, if you can do that, great. How, why don't we talk about, how about we raise our children to respect one another? Jeez. That when someone says no, that actually just means no. Man. It doesn't mean maybe. If they're ignoring you, they probably don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be, a, don't be a freaking weirdo and follow a girl for a block and a half and all your guy friends laugh while you while you try to get her number. Oh yeah, man, the adolescent because you all mature faster too. Also, as young women mm-hmm. going through puberty, that yeah. thing happens happens earlier yeah. and more efficient. I got boobs at nine years old, so you know it was there. I was like, hello, 
Yeah, and as <laughs> boys, we're figuring out. Uh, I don't remember when the first time I got hard was, but it's like, what do you like? <laughs> it's probably after nine. Probably after nine. Really? It was probably it wasn't like that? eleven. I think it happens when you're a baby too, but you don't realize it. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, I think but that's you're just thing. not. But the first time you're conscious, like I'm erect because I'm standing I was... up in two places, <laughs> like. This what is perp- like perpendicular Wait, parallel. This to the is ground. parallel to the ground, <laughs> right? And uh, I remember there's just the, the first time you realize what you can do with it. You're like, what is all this? It's confusing. And girls have already gone through this phase. Where at least right. I'll speak for myself, and I right. think a lot of boys feel this way. Um, you there are girls in your grade level, your class, as mm-hmm. young people who. Um, are interested in you and giving you signals and signs that they think more of you than a friend, but you're scared, you're shy, you don't know what to do with it. And what you do is you respond to what your friend group tells you you should right. do with you it. you make fun of the girl. Exactly, you make fun of her, you tease her, you put her down, and the other guys are jealous and confused too because right. they don't know what's going on. But yeah. if you're getting attention, they want you to deflect it and be a guinea pig and just like treat it like dirt and let's see how that goes because I don't Because you know, know boys will be boys. It's the boys club. And then eventually you own a, a movie company and then you can harass people in your robe as much as you want to because yeah. you never grew you- out of that. That's the point. Is Ooh, like, that's that's but deep you, that you you, that. Yeah. Well, you may go through. The, you may never actually mature right. in some ways to think about people as more than just objects. Mm. You may always think about the woman I have or the women I get define my worth as a man. Mm. Um, women can think the same way too of men. Maybe I, we as people attach ourselves to our mates, thinking that's the the you know Your symbol partner. of my worth my right. my self-esteem yeah. it's kind of like in the movie um brad pitt he's oh moneyball oh yeah in moneyball where they lose jason giambi or yeah. something and they're talking about guys to bring up to replace him on the team these all these old white men are sitting around the table and they say oh don't bring him up he can't play. They're like, oh, no, he's a good hitter. He's like, no, he doesn't have confidence. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, his girlfriend's ugly. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. He's got an ugly girlfriend. It means he doesn't have confidence. It's like, Duh. That's really, That's. I forgot about that line. Well, I'm bringing it to you here. Thank you, friend. Yeah, that thing is perpetuated uh, consciously or self-consciously in people's minds, men and women, mm-hmm. and however identifying that yeah. another person defines who we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say... Here more than other places I've visited mm-hmm. or lived in my life. In New York City, I've found more women who are single, mm-hmm. 50, 40, 50 years mm-hmm. old, who have said, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good and all by myself. Right. I've met other men who I thought, yeah, maybe, but he wasn't the right one. Right. And I'd rather be by myself and content than right. be with someone else and just under this other, uh, you know, belief that this is what makes me happy yeah you know? it's just it's very complicated i mean we live in a culture where it says like women can't be alone because they can't take care of themselves or you know they need someone to protect them from all these guys who are going to harass them that's real and, and it, you know, it's like why don't you just not harass <laughs> like, we, why don't you if, just not do that if we expand this into another arena of protection of like okay if people really can't take care of themselves who are the people who are supposed to serve and protect it's the police, um, to some degree, firefighters, mm-hmm. 
medical personnel. I've definitely had an NYPD officer hit on me, so. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> I was going to assume that happens. Yeah. Because men can't separate me, the per- any person can't separate themselves from their job. Yeah. I am part, both, both parts yeah. are me. Um, but I've seen a lot of men in this city who serve in blue mm-hmm. and don't really speak very respectfully to women. Or about women. Or about women. Tell jokes about women mm-hmm. in very salacious and insulting ways. Right. And I'm thinking, you're supposed to be protecting people. And like, oh, it's just a joke. It's yeah, not. It's not, but... it's not funny. Rape jokes are not funny because it just perpetuates this right. narrative that it's okay to laugh about. It's their fault. Or, oh, she deserved it because yeah. look how she's dressed. Right. You know, people who are drunk outside a club mm-hmm. and something happens where a woman is assaulted. It's mm-hmm. like, well... She was drunk. Look at her. Look at what she was wearing. Exactly. I oh, mean... No. But that's the thing. So we as men need to do better. Or, or I could be super counterproductive and as ask all women just to harass everybody. Like mm-hmm. me, like I'm just going to harass every guy I see. Whistle, grab them. Is that okay? Is that not okay? I mean, you're asking the wrong person. I feel like other guys are going to say, like, yeah. <laughs> like, please. Other guys are going to be like, that's it. All that's, I've ever wanted. We've been asking for this. Have you not been listening? We've been asking. <laughs> that's it's, all it it's all I've ever wanted is for a woman to just grab me. I, well, this whole conversation around, like patriarchy and uh, with a, a friend of mine who's also a professor she was saying that you uh you know guys need to learn how to give up their privilege of patriarchy mm-hmm. in order to make this a more just and equal society mm-hmm. and i and that's know, never gonna happen and i was like jokingly like yeah i agree but i i don't have to give up my card do i <laughs> right that thing gets me discounts at costco <laughs> like just all over the like place when, like when i go car shopping like i get discounts because <laughs> Because I'm a, I'm a man. You know? Like, which <laughs> one goes... I have a pee Which one goes vroom vroom? <laughs> That's the one I want. Oh, I asked this to someone the other day. I read, the, a, a student uh-huh. that I was talking to, she... Her dad mm-hmm. has motorcycles. Cool. And she has herself. He bought her two, three motorcycles. Some, she has more than one. Oh, wow. Okay. And so That's kind of like, dope. I was like, okay, so you as a 19, 20-year-old girl are like racing motorcycles. Mm-hmm. And... Racing, riding, riding around right. highways in motorcycles. She goes, yeah, I've been doing it since I was, you know, old enough to drive. My dad really, you know, it's yeah. a cultural, it's a bonding thing for us. Yeah. Father, daughter. I say, okay, answer me this. Perfect. I'm glad you're here. Because I have been wondering all my life, but mostly recently, why are they so loud? <laughs> why the hell are these things so loud? I literally was going to wonder what the question was and that was the question and she you had. Said, and she said, well... Doesn't your car make noise when you... St- or do- I was like, can't it just be muffled? Can't we do something like that to bring it down to a reasonable volume? And she said, uh, but you have to have it loud so you can tell that it's on, you know? Because if I start it oh. and I can't really tell from the dash maybe if it's it's on or so I need to hear it, I go, but my car doesn't make that much noise. It's just a little, you know, startup when I had a car and the needle moves. I see that the needle is it's registering. Right. The mm-hmm. thing is on. It's ignited. And she goes, yeah, no, nah, I think it comes down to it just sounds cool. It does I go, sound cool. Okay, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like 
a vehicle screaming, I have a small penis. That's what that sounds like to me. So if she's writing it, does she have a small penis? No, but I think she's bought into the mindset of like, look at this power. Like I'm riding this I don't even, horse. I don't even buy to that. Con- like I don't even ride motorcycles and I buy into it. Yeah, but why are we doing this? Like you've got this one... You got this. Because it's a big penis that you got this two wheeler. You got this two wheeler rocket riding down the street. Goes from point A to point B. You are very upset about this. I really am. (laughs) Why is it so loud? All right, motorcycle companies, Harley Davidsons, just make it quieter. All I'm asking you to do is make Make it sound like a car. If it sounded like a car, I would ride one. I would buy one, and I would use that. You will not buy one. Your your family and I will make sure you not buy one. Watch. If I if I had that. one that actually went down to a level, I have no reason to have a motorcycle. No, you don't. But if kidding. I had one, I would take it down, get a muffler that actually put it at a reasonable level. But from what I've seen, I don't know anything about motorcycles. It's prevalent and only possible to have a loud motorcycle, and guys mm. like it for reasons that I think make them feel big. Yeah. It's like I'm why not you about would. That. Yeah. It's like why that. you buy like a, a Ferrari or like like a. Like one of those like crazy sports cars that are incredibly expensive. I would drive a Camry and be fine. I would do a Toyota Corolla, my first car. Loved it. Honda Civic. Keep it simple. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, the Me Too movement I think is great. I mean, there's obviously, it's not perfect like every other movement. I think there's a lot of um, intersectionality. And what I mean by intersectionality, it's not just that you're a survivor of sexual assault and um sexual harassment but that there's other nuances to being a survivor there's a lot of other things and I think it's not talked about it's again often being talked about by women specifically white women a lot of women of color have come out but many haven't for various reasons and so again none of those things are talked about I'm gonna forecast or just hypothesize that if every woman who's been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed wrote me too it would be 95% and if every woman who's been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed recognized it as such because not everyone does right to register it as oh i was just harassed mm-hmm. or i was just assaulted because sometimes you're like ooh the guy cat called me if i feel good about right. it right yeah. if you were to register it as that the number would be 100% oh 1000% yeah 100% 1000% for sure yeah exactly for sure but yeah i think it's a great movement but i also think just like everything else i could still support it and still be critical of it and so that's kind of where i am at in oh. that of like i think it's a great thing but I also think that there's lots of room for... I, I'm, I'm looking forward for it to be more than just a viral movement. And we'll see what that looks like if it becomes a viral movement. Do you think that. it'll be a on-foot movement? Um, I, I mean, I think there's marches and stuff potentially happening um, in certain places. It's, don't worry. Alex is drinking water because he's thirsty. Um, you don't know that. Oh, then why are you drinking water? I'm just know. saying that sound could be anything. <laughs> um, and no, I just I, I hope that this could be just like when you think of like the NFL players kneeling. Like I hope that it could be more than just them kneeling. That it will be about legislation. It will be about practices and changing the mindset of the people. So and hopefully this does because people are losing jobs, and I think that's a good thing. And I think they should replace the people who are losing jobs. 
with chicks. Yeah, yo. Uh, <laughs> shout from, out. from Daily Show, if you watched that episode yesterday. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> shout out to Alana Glazer mm-hmm. of uh, Broad, City. Broad City, which I recently just started watching. Hilarious. It's a great show. She uh, had to fire a few guys mm-hmm. from her crew who sexually harassed people. And when she went to the company about it saying, hey, I'm going to remove these people. I'm the head boss in right. charge here. This is my this. show. Yeah. So <laughs> you're going to fire them or fire me? What like, do you want? Because I have a following. Yeah, now. Or do you want this boom guy to be fired? What? Exactly. So she was like, I want them fired. And you know what she got from them? What? They said, are you sure? She's like, hmm, let me think about it. Yes. Mm, yes. Get <laughs> yes, out of here. You know? And it's like, she even said, I think it's so common for us to witness it, experience it, acknowledge it. Right. But for anything to be done about it is very rare. Right. So, I mean, good for her. Right. For being in a position of power to use that for yeah, good. Yeah, that's really awesome. Wow, we talked about this for a long time. Do you want to do you want to talk about this Facebook thing real quickly? Yeah, what on is a positive for? note, I mean, look. Facebook's doing good in the world. I guess. So it, you know, this... helping helping Russia win uh, elections and all. <clears throat> you know, everyone's real bent out of shape about that. But <laughs> you, know you know what, Alex, get the F out of here. I feel like we need to let You're bygones be bygones. You're in my home. They get meant. out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Facebook bought an app today. Okay. Uh, well, recently. I'm reading this article from October 16th. Okay. So, so very it's a recently. Ago. They bought TBH. To be honest. I'm assuming that's what it stands for. Okay. This is an app that is mostly used by teenagers, high schoolers. Okay. And what it is, is the app accesses your friends list, Mm -hmm. your your friends list, friends list contacts, all of that stuff comes in and it gives you what appears to be, I have not been on this, but I'm just reading about this and I'm hearing- It's called TBH. TBH. Mm -hmm. And it's- Gives you a list of friends, maybe four friends at a time. Mm-hmm. And the question up there is just, who has the best smile, let's say? Um, you Brian and Matthew, next. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you click on it, and then that person gets notified after the session that you said they have a great smile. And But they, does it get notified that it was me that said that yep. to them? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so lots of compliments. Compliment. It gives out compliments. We could we that's could use some niceness in our world. That's the whole point of this thing. So Facebook said, uh, can we buy you? This app came out in August of this year. Oh, and they oh they just banked money. They just <laughs> paid them after after just two months of use, mm-hmm. they just paid them a hundred million dollars. Why didn't we think this. of this? I, I dreamt I'm really it. mad at you. I dreamt it. I'm really mad. And at you. then I forgot to write it down. And now it's also in the same league as my toast bar idea. And it's just like nah, it's gonna happen eventually. I'll hope it to happen. So then, um, yeah. So they have racked up more than one billion poll answers since wow. officially launching two months ago. One billion. That's a huge ton of traffic. Yeah. So Facebook, I'm currently downloading the app right now. Go for it. I'm and really so excited. Facebook said, we're going to let it really be what it is. We're not going to alter stuff. We're right. not going to change it's it. It's something, it's working. When we try doctoring stuff, it doesn't always work out. So we're going to let it continue to be what it is. And the people who founded it are actually going to continue on in the uh, company. That's awesome. Um, last name's, uh, where'd you go? Kate. Kate no. McKinnon? No, no <laughs> Kate's not doing that much stuff. That's a lot. Um, there's a few people on it. I see Beer, Hazard, Zaragoza, Duke 
Dadon. These are some harder names. I'm sorry if I butchered those. But those are four uh, people who are now members of the Facebook company. They have Facebook emails now, and they have just cashed in big on an app that delivers a lot of positivity to young people, especially. Anyone can use it, but high schoolers are especially using it to promote each other's self-esteem. And I think that's a good thing to hear in a world where people are swiping left and swiping right. And And they're doing it because of how someone looks. Exactly. This is just about who you are on the inside. And maybe your nice smile, too. But it's all compliments. It's all positive stuff. So you, you feel good about it? I, I think you, that's awesome. I'm yeah. going to register and check it out because <clears throat> I... I This I'm, one example says, who has the most integrity? It gives you four options. And ooh. you choose between those four options. And the three you don't choose don't get notified, hey, you didn't make the cut this right. time. But the one who does gets a notification. That's, a, that's actually kind of nice because then it's like... Um, <clears throat> it's nice to have... Like for me, if you know what the five love languages are, um, I have none of them. You you don't have a heart. That's why <clears throat> you don't have feelings or a heart. Keeps you safe. It <laughs> keeps you safe, um, or a robot. Um, but uh, my one of my um, top love languages um, is words of affirmation. Like I like it when people tell me nice things. It affirms that I am doing something um, that is like nice like I don't know like that I'm doing something good in the world at the end of the day so which I always appreciate there you go this um, is right up your alley it's I guess so um so I'm ex- that's that's super exciting yeah. I think something really interesting has happened more in the art world that I don't know a lot of people know about do you want to talk about this because you are the art expert of the two of us I can imagine you're talking about the probably newest additions to the portrait gallery in that will the be coming at the Smithsonian. Right. The so natural you, portrait. So what? Yes. What is all of that? So the natural, natural, so, <laughs> the natural history museum. No, the uh, National Portrait Gallery in mm-hmm. Washington D.C. houses, as you would imagine, in a the lot Smithsonian. Of, in the right. Smithsonian, uh, it houses a lot of portraits across American history, mostly. Mm-hmm. They have a whole gallery for presidents. Just all the ass. presidents, yeah. <laughs> Every everyone scene. from Washington to uh, Bush, Bush, yeah, Junior, mm-hmm. up to this point, have had w. portraits. Mm-hmm. The Dubs. The next, obviously, subsequent portrait should be the President of the United States, number forty-four, Mr. Barack Obama, and there's a wing for First Ladies, mm-hmm. Michelle. Nice. Right? So they have each chosen their artist. Right, so the the people who are doing the portraits get to choose the artist that portrays them. Yeah, <laughs> the, usually a painting. That's mm-hmm. usually what it comes as. So, Mr. Barack Obama has chosen the darling portrait star of the art world, Kehinde Wiley. If Which you is, don't know who that is, that's a big deal. Yeah. He's, he's boss. He has a documentary called... Um, uh, I don't. I don't remember his documentary. Oh, what is it called? It's something. Can you look that up for yep, me? Yeah, something look it up. beauty. Um, oh, his, I saw it, his show at the Brooklyn Museum. It yeah. was dynamite. Is it still up? No, it's been gone for a while. Where was it? Oh, this but is he another, still has, another thing. He still yeah. has permanent work at the Brooklyn. Yeah, but he has. He had a, uh, he's exhibition. had a, a huge mm-hmm. installation once, um, or twice. But he's amazing, and I've loved his work for a long time. He I've actually, seen some of his stuff. It's 
really an economy of grace an economy of grace yeah Thank that's you. the that's the the documentaries by pbs you can see his stuff there it's and it I, I enjoy his work. There's some of his work that is a little extra for me, personally. The whole thing is supposed to be. I mean, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be very... Because the way he... But I, I think it's beautifully portray, portrays um, his subjects, which are typically black men and women. Black men and women, and usually people of color. So mm-hmm. he's done people from around the world who oh, yeah, that's identify right. as mm-hmm. people of color. Yeah. And so... But primarily, it started with him doing work in the African-American communities in the United States, where he would go find men... Who are wearing just everyday clothing, mm-hmm. jeans, maybe a jersey, a hoodie, whatever. Right. He'd say, "Hey, here's a book from art history of these white European ambassadors, aristocrats, and instead of them, I'd like to portray you in the same pose." Mm. So he would invite these black men of contemporary times into the studio. He would photograph them standing in the same pose as these. Uh, white aristocrats mm-hmm. from the you know 15th 14th century yeah. and then he would these paint these are huge that. paintings i'm talking about these are not like four by 10 six. foot 20 foot tall paintings yeah. these are massive and they're very much like olden times ornate mm-hmm. detailed very so much exact, gold leaf pre- precision with the gold leafing right like it's so well done and the men just come alive they glow they are illuminous mm-hmm. and Luminous, I should say. Mm-hmm. And now, one of those people is going to be Barack Obama. In the, that's going to be such a badass portrait. Right. I wonder if it's going to be like, as like, because he's, like, the people have described his painting as like flamboyant and extra and just like. He did Michael Jackson on a horseback after Michael Jackson was dead. Right. He was 20 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, I like, know. What the? It's, it's obnoxious, but like beautiful at the yeah. same time. Yeah, man. So I wonder if it's going to be like that or is it going to be like a standard, incredibly well done painting of I'll tell you this. Barack. I'll tell you this. What? If he's a good artist, which I have reason to think he is. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. He will do five of these portraits. Mm-hmm. He'll do five. Uh-huh. First of all, he has technicians and assistants. Like right. he goes to China and he works on like 20 paintings at a time because he's got a whole team of people right. doing it. He they probably do the has gold a huge degree. studio. Yeah, he does like the touch-ups on the face and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But more so, he can Photoshop all this ahead of time mm-hmm. to digitally create the mock-up. Right. So he can already choose from 10, 20, 30 uh, uh, samples. Mm-hmm. So like, let's do them in this lighting, this background, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, now let's paint five of these, right. right? Let's choose the one that we love, that we like, and probably Barack has some input on that, right? And say, okay, we all like this one, and that's the one that goes in the show. We're not going to put all our like eggs in one basket here. Right. It could be, a t- you don't want like curtain to drop on it right. and everyone go, oh, <laughs> that's not that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> so let's maybe make a few, right? And then see how it goes from there, but. I just want to say for the record that Kahinde Wiley stole my art career and he's never apologized for it in the 10 right. years we've that he's to, completely... We've talked about this a lot, you and I. You don't seem to believe me uh, I mean, in your I, of skepticism. In, no, I believe you in that that you had this idea. However, you were a baby. <laughs> I feel like it's wrong that... He stole the idea from mm, me. Right. When I Did was... Did he inception you, you think? He must have. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I didn't tell anybody about it. Right, I right. saw, I saw portraits as a kid mm-hmm. in my local museum in right. St. Louis, St. Louis Art Museum. Right, right, right. The, the slam. Uh-huh. And I saw these 
portraits of white aristocrats. And I said, you know what? There aren't enough black people in here. So when I'm old enough and good enough, Mm -hmm. I'm going to paint black people in my community the way these guys are painted. And everyone's going to know me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be famous. And the 44th president of the United States is going to ask me to do his portrait for him. You've predicted all of this. And then I studied abroad in Italy and Florence. Uh And I'm walking through our library in the art building and I just glance at the magazine rack. And then you saw it. And I just see this black dude in front of this red background with this <laughs> ornate gold leafing. And I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I flip inside and this dude stole my routine. So I just want the world to know that Alex has been talking about this for as long as I've known him. <laughs> and he gets really upset about it. So... Mr. Wiley, if you ever want to come on our cast, I ask that you apologize to my friend for stealing his idea. Do better. This guy. Do you I'm, appreciate me saying that now? Can we can we move on? I'm not sure I'm going to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm all worked up now. Uh, but you know what? Behind Michelle, every great man is a great woman. Right. And and that is Michelle in this situation. The right. divine, graceful, wonderful Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. And she has chosen a Baltimore artist. Yeah. Amy Sherald. Yeah, I did not like. I'm not. I don't know much about her, but uh, from what I've seen, her stuff is amazing, and it look. I'm excited. One, I'm excited to see that it's a black woman that yep. is um, per- portraying her and um, doing the painting. I'm assuming it's going to be a painting. Um, and uh, again, I and it's and she seemingly looks young, but you know. I, I think know. she. Yeah. She. I think she's young. I think she's I just held it together. Brown don't brown. Yeah. Black no, that's crack. black don't crack. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for both of them to one also like, not that Kendall Wiley needed any help being known in the in the art world, but neither neither of them. No, she's think. pretty. She's like, pretty well known. Too. Yeah, established in her own right. Yeah. But uh, I think it's pro- like impressive that they chose two black mm-hmm. people. And A I black think it's, man, black woman. Yeah. Um, and Kahinda, I don't know the the. Uh, sexual orientation of the other painters, mm-hmm. but Kahinde identifies as uh, a gay man. Oh, wow. So that's I also that. a piece of his identity. So I was like, man, this is, you know, can, you imagine, can you imagine any of the other former presidents choosing a black gay nope. man and a black woman to do their portraits? Nope. Pretty sure it's never happened. Nope. You can fact check me on that. If I'm wrong, please let us know. No, I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened. <laughs> but nope. this is the guy. It's going to, uh, I'm really excited. <laughs> do, you, do we know when it's going to come out? I don't know. I'm patient. Okay, we'll be I patient. didn't. I didn't wait on the last portraits. I didn't either. So, but I just like really miss the Obamas like a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah. To, I, feel, I feel like you're not satisfied right now. I'm not. No. I wouldn't know because <laughs> I have not been tuning in, and uh, it's been great. And for those of you who don't know, Alex is the worst and is hiding under a rock. I'll be for back a month. in ten days. Yeah. I'll be yes. back. And when I do, I will feel lighter on my feet and ready for... Ready for action. All the BS. (laughs) All the BS. Is there anything else you want to add on our dabbling section before we move on? No, I feel good because uh, I feel like it's time to talk about the NBA. Let's talk about it. Ah! All right, so it is time to talk about our dribbling portion of our cast which is very exciting do you want to do you want to talk about the feelings you have about the nba being back i know we like touched on it in the beginning i like to equate it 
like the time I would wake up as a child on Christmas Day, mm, mm. and I would Speak come downstairs and I would expect that Santa left some things under the tree, mm-hmm. and it's oh man, that's wow! Look at all the presents! Look at all the joy! If there's snow outside, even better! Like how could anything be better than this? And that's how I feel as an adult now on the first day <sighs> of the NBA season. It's so nice. So I watched it from the beginning, mm-hmm. and so the first game was between the Cavs and the Celtics, which was the matchup I was everyone was so most looking forward to because because of Kyrie being traded from the Cavs to the Celtics, which uh, was you know um, uh, dramatic. It was dramatic because he didn't tell anybody on his team that he was wanting to leave. He yeah. he just said I want to leave. Then he went to a wedding. And Steph made fun of LeBron dancing like LeBron dances when he works out. Mm-hmm. And he laughed at it, which I thought was funny. Um, no, I mean, so the, it was that game. And then the game, the next game was between the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. Um, both games were so intense. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So intense. So many things happened. First day, and people were getting injured. There were oh, there was so much happening. Why so, don't we start there? The first five minutes of the Cavaliers game. Oh God! I didn't see. You it. didn't see it. I, I saw, saw it. it eventually. Oh. I Gordon Hayward. Oh. Who is Gordon Hayward? Talk about who prized he is. Prized acquisition. We mm-hmm. talked. If you listen to the cast, prized acquisition of the summer for the Boston Celtics. They got him from Utah. Yes, Utah. Star. Jazz. He'd been playing there for seven years. One of their staple franchise players. Right. He was a free agent. Decided to come to Boston and play with his former coach at Butler, Brad Stevens. And yep. he was like, great. We're, we're, we meet again. It's going to be mm-hmm. a beautiful partnership. Oh, look. And then we get Kyrie. Celtics instantly jettisoned to number, potentially at least number. number one, but number two. For sure. Are the Cavs and Celtics, who's going to come out of the East? Right. Right? Also considering Isaiah Thomas was with the Boston Celtics and got traded to, in the Kyrie mm-hmm. situation, got traded to yeah. the Cavs. You thought, how are they going to do this without Kyrie or, or without um, Isaiah Thomas in Boston? Right. Oh, oh, just fine. Yeah, Because we'll we be got okay. Kyrie and we got uh, Gordon Hayward. We're going to be fine. So the first five minutes of the game goes by and it's looking all right. The and Celtics looked good. Looked sharp. They looked good. They were. They made the first point. They were. Mm-hmm. There were no turnovers. I don't think in the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, Slow. It was. They had a rhythm, and yeah. I was like, okay, Kyrie's. Kyrie's in charge, and yeah. people are listening. Yeah. You know, like they're. It was a good flow. They've the been end of practicing the day. for a month and a half together, mm-hmm. and they look like they were yeah. clicking. Yeah. And then, <sighs> I forget who threw the alley oop. But the alley was to Gordon Hayward, who was supposed to oop. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because it was on the offense. Oh, it was on the offense. So Gordon was supposed to slam it down, and instead there was some, you know, like, he didn't catch the ball. There was some contested, you know, passing happening. And Gordon came down on his leg. Left leg. Left leg in all the wrong ways, and it's just... And it his oh, his leg. God, I'm visualizing it. Yeah, and it's making it's like giving me the heebie-jeebies. Um, but broke his ankle. No, he dislocated his ankle. Dislocate, yes. And so like literally, his foot was like twisted. Yeah. And they showed it on TV, which I was like, "Don't do that!" Yeah. And they did. It, they only showed it for a second, but it was a second enough for everybody to take screenshots of it and pictures of it, and it's all over social media. So if you want to see it, you're welcome to do you so. Don't need to see it because it is. 
very painful to, and like, I'm not one that gets grossed out by things, Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, like disjointedness, like Mm -hmm. a broken leg, like that. But he broke his leg and dislocated his ankle. Yeah. So he, yeah, he dislocated his ankle. Like, Mm -hmm. and so, and you, you, there was a point where they, you know, when you dislocate it, that's most of the pain. And once you put it back in correctly, you feel a lot better after that, usually. And so they did put it back in, and you just see him screaming. Because in that moment, it's so painful. Um, You you should all see Alex's face, because he is uncomfortable. It's like he's constipated. and can't. It's so... It's cringeworthy. (laughs) But he broke his tibia, too. Yeah, which is, you know, a a major bone in your your leg. Um, And as someone who has had foot issues and foot injuries... um, in the past, like all of those things are connected. And so I don't know. And I think he's out for the rest of the season. Oh, he's definitely out. Yeah. Um, it's done. He went in for surgery. They flew him back to they Boston. They flew him out that night. Yeah. And he's, he's laid up now. I think he already went through the surgery, but he sent a sweet message to fans on for their media. opening, for their opening night. They, oh yeah. Yeah. He sent a, yeah. he sent a sweet so, message. So Boston fans didn't even get to see him play this year. Yeah. You got, and, yeah. and you should see like, I don't and I don't know if you you didn't see it live. So Mm-mm. when he once he came down, ever, like LeBron saw it happen, because mm-hmm. and you should just have seen like every Cavs player, every Celtics player, like all of them are on their knees praying, because it it looked bad. It looked as bad as remember when Paul George, uh, during the scrimmage match for USA no, basketball. That's what everyone was equating it to. It was it was like that because I remember watching that live. Mm-hmm. I'm just like this is scr- this is the scrimmage, right? Like this is not even a real game. Um, and I'm and like, Paul what? George. Paul George tweeted at him like, yeah. hey, pray for Gordon Hayward." Yeah, like like because he's like, I know, I he knows if anyone knows, yeah, what he's going through. It is Paul George who long like rehab. it's a lo- long rehab, but he you know he'll come back from it for sure. Um, and Kyrie was visibly upset Mm -hmm. um and there was a moment where as him being the leader i was really surprised to see him like he was like held by his teammates Mm -hmm. uh, because he was so upset and then eventually like got composure um it was a really really good game um Mm -hmm. but there were just a lot of turnovers there was just a lot of turnovers on the celtics end to the Cavs. it's the first game yeah it's the first game and the Cavs won the Cavs won but they were ahead by a lot and what did i say I don't remember. The Cavs were well. You never listen. I, I never make these to great you. predictions, and they <laughs> always work out a hundred percent of the time. Because you're never wrong. Continue. Exactly. <laughs> this guy uh, came back. Kyrie and the whole team like made a run for it, and then they were ahead of the Cavs for yeah. a period in the fourth quarter. Um, Basketball is all about the fourth quarter. It's all at about the, the end. At the end of the day, we were like, "Oh man, look at this blowout! Cavs are up by like 16, 18 or whatever." And I was like, "Doesn't matter because the Boston Celtics are coming back," and they did. Because Kyrie will Westbrook it, but he, he didn't. He didn't Westbrook it, but he definitely held his own with some of the numbers. Mm-hmm. There was like twenty-two, ten, and five, which is not bad. Not a triple double, but and a double double for a first game mm-hmm. out there in Cleveland. And so uh, they came close to the Cavs, mm-hmm. didn't quite make it. But at the end, the final shot, Kyrie shot it up. It didn't go in. The guy who was contesting the shot was LeBron James. Mm-hmm. They did the little handshake. They did their special like guy handshake. But did you like... see? Did you see Kyrie's face though? <laughs> yeah. Well, but look, Kyrie's face is like resting bitch slash All the sad time, face because he just missed the game winning shot in I Cleveland. Know. He's not happy. But at the end of the day, hey, Bron, respect. I get it. You know. And as Bron's like, yeah, kid. Yeah, but you know what? 
he LeBron taps the back of his head mm-hmm. like it's all love, and then Kyrie taps the back of his head like you ain't gonna tap my head. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna not do- gonna tap <laughs> your head. And then LeBron like and the on the way out taps his head again. So it's like a passive aggressive like no. He you're calls me. like anytime LeBron talks about. Kyrie, he always talks about him as a kid. For sure. And the, All the time. And the day that Kyrie wins a game there or defeats them in the playoffs or right. something, I foresee him doing the press conference saying, conference and saying, well, that's what being a man is about. I'm not a kid. You yeah, know? I in can the totally same way, see it. In yeah. the same way that Kobe was asked one time, like, mm-hmm. oh, Kobe, you just won five championships. Right. That's one more than, uh, sorry, he's like, that's one less than Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about that? Right. And he goes... Just means I got one more than Shaq. You know? Oh, you remember? I remember like, that. I remember that. Respect, but there's a little bit of a I, I get that four of them I won with you, but <laughs> I got one more than you, though, still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what I noticed in that game, though? And I, I said this, and I'm glad that the player acknowledged it afterwards. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is, is nursing kind of an ankle injury. Yeah. You notice he doesn't quite have the speed yeah. right now, so he's got to be careful about that. But he was using a lot of muscle and force to try right. and get it done. But that's how he plays, though. He uses his size often when he plays. Yeah, but... Because it's intimidating. It's, I don't want a 200-some-pound yeah. LeBron... It's Colossus. Col- killing me? Yeah. No, he's, he's a walking bulldozer. <laughs> but it's a combination of size and speed, right? Mm-hmm. So when he doesn't have the speed because he's got the ankle injury, he was... Bumbling, stumbling, fumbling a little bit yeah. while some of the boss. He looked Celtics, out of shape. He was out of shape. And afterwards he said, like, I'm out of condition. Yeah. And it's true because he yeah. has had to avoid scrimmages and all that while he nursed his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to see what LeBron looks like if he's not in peak condition. Right. It's like his, oh, he's human. He Exactly. This dude is a freak of nature, not just because of his natural physical gifts. Right. But because he's had the work ethic to mm-hmm. keep his body in condition that long yeah and the thing is like i've seen his workout videos on instagram we've like, detailed we've talked about this. and i it's and i also want to talk about the, the, the thirst traps that lebron posted on instagram the day of the opening opening day uh the kia tip off yeah, you have some like, feelings about that i don't even like lebron like that and i was just like oh my goodness i was like this clutching your, my pearls because it was because <laughs> i was like oh lord <laughs> I was next to you when you saw these, and you were just like, you were breaking a sweat. I was like, this is uncomfortable for me to be feeling this in front of a lot of people that are in my apartment right now watching this game. <laughs> he, he, it's a GQ spread, right? It's a GQ spread that he did. He looks great. like Good lighting. Good lighting. His hairline is on point. Great job with that Photoshop. Yeah. LeBron, you can still sponsor our podcast yeah, if you I want. Just, this, brought to, this program is brought to you by Rogaine, which <laughs> grows back up to 90% of your hair within two weeks. Um, anyway, he looked, he, he always, has always looked really good. His body has always been in shape. Um, but there was one without a shirt that he did, and I was just, I was just, I did not know. Did he wear like a, like like a, a feather? Cape? Like like a, it was just very It was hot. like a kingly cape. Next to a throne, and he was still the king. It was alluding to him being a king. And I was like, this guy is GQ prime. Mm-hmm. You know, and to the it wasn't it wasn't a cape. It was a it was a red coat. Oh, it's a red coat. He looks but like a, looked, he looks like Doctor Strange in that one. Yeah, but like he has the you know the really nice watch and mm-hmm. the chains and ooh, is the one of the chains? It's so funny that he is rich. But he's cheap as hell. Cheap as hell. <laughs> and they did an interview with him and Dwayne Wade since they've been reunited on the team. You yeah. saw that. Yeah, it I was did like see Dwayne, it. He's like, 
He still pays for Pandora with... No, the, he doesn't pay for Pandora. He doesn't he pay for Pandora, so he still gets the advertisements. He's like, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> Are you serious? So he is his character on Trainwreck. Yeah, that's true. Which uh, is... Yeah. It, which is funny. funny. Um, no, but anyway, uh, it's nice. Like, again, we know LeBron is a fit guy, but basketball isn't just about the muscle and all of that stuff. It's about, it's about more than that. It's about how you use your muscle and condition yourself so that you have the speed to go up and down the court, back and forth. Lung capacity. Yeah. It's all of those things. And there were other injuries that happened, um, that day as well as beyond that too. Mm. Draymond Green has a knee strain injury. Yeah. He left the game. He left the game at the end of the third quarter. Um, and then in that same game, the ref, I forgot his name, but was essentially like pummeled. Um, like they were going down from one end of the court to the other and was like hit by another player just on the way down. Mm-hmm. And he'd landed funny and he was like holding his back and his side. Yeah, and so, which is, and I believe it was like a side strain, like yeah. he, like with his back. So, and refs are incredibly fit yeah because they are running back and back and forth on that court give props out to people like joey crawford Mm -hmm. who were doing it for so long steve jabby Mm -hmm. back in the day like these guys 20 30 year careers right up and down and thankfully usually during and i did and this is when i found out that during the finals like during playoffs they have an alternative ref, oh, sure. like just in case something happens. I they thought that pull. was every game they have. No, so so normally they have three. In the past, when we were growing up, there was yeah. always only two refs in every game, oh. including the finals. Always two refs, and then during the playoffs, they would have an alternative to, in case they needed to switch it off, uh, like if something happened oh, to it. Oh yeah, now it's three. Now it's three refs, and so when he walked off the court because mm-hmm. he was injured. They played it as though it was man down. Man down. There was only two two refs. All right, guys, we're going old school this time. <laughs> and so you could take advantage of that because you have potentially two less eyes looking at, you oh. know. And they did. They took advantage of that. I think. Wait, who? The Rockets and the and oh. and the Warriors. Dre, I feel like did the ref go out before Draymond went out or after Draymond? I think it was went out? after. Oh, it, was okay. on, it was later. I was going to say, because if he did it before Draymond went Oh, Draymond out, totally went. He would have kicked some groins left and right. <laughs> he would have been Draymond in like crazy. <laughs> That's um, fine. But yeah, and then, and I just found out from you that Jeremy Lin got hurt too. Yeah, Jeremy uh, ruptured a little tendon in his leg and it looks like he may be out the rest of the season as well. This is so, And this That's is literally sad. the first week. It's only been three days. And I'm going to say this, and I don't, I think a lot of people will agree with me. Those guys have some of the best hair in the NBA right now. <laughs> yes, they do. I mean, Gordon's just a fine-looking man with that He's head of hair. He's very cute. But then, There's another player in the Celtics that I always think is like a bigger, a little bit more chunkier version of Gordon Hayward. Oh, yeah, Baines? Him. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like... At a, at a glance. At a glance. For a second, I'm just like, is, is he back? And yeah, I'm like, no, oh, I, I know he's I did back. it like three times. <laughs> I was like, wait, he's back. Whoa, okay, Wait, sorry. no, it's another sorry. guy. T- another guy. Another My guy. bad. Which there's been a lot of twinning happening in the NBA, too, with the Kobe twin and the oh, yeah. Clay Thompson the twin. Clay Thompson twin? Which is a meme that's been going around. People can check it out. I saw the Clay Thompson twin one, and that's very intentional. Like, yeah, he's no. doing that on purpose. Oh, 100%. The Kobe twin, somebody just found this dude. Right, and he looks there. like Kobe. I saw it three times, and it because at it first kept, I thought it was him. I thought it was Kobe. Like, he, oh, he's doing a spot on a runway right. first, probably an airline commercial, right? Air, Air Turkey or whatever, right? 
No. No, it was just a guy that looks like Kobe, that Kobe and has smiles like Kobe. And Kobe he has does. A, Kobe has a nice smile. And yeah. so yeah. it was very taken aback by that. Man. But um, you were talking about hair. I'm sorry. Hair? No, I mean, they just look. We had the conversation around uh, Jeremy Lin's dreadlocks. Yeah. You and I did mm-hmm. a while back. And the response to that from the NBA, mm-hmm. J- Jeremy's still wearing dreadlocks mm-hmm. now. And so... And he wrote, he wrote a really good op-ed about it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I thought his words were, were pretty well constructed. I thought he had a, you know, some good points. And he's obviously open to learning and com- conversing around these topics. Very complex. Mm-hmm. Complex thinker, complex uh, yeah. dialogue. Very cool. Um but it's unfortunate that they both went down and their seasons are pretty much done from yeah. this point forward. Which is sad because we were so hyped about Gordon getting signed right. this summer. Because we were like, at least it's going to make the East a yeah. little bit more interesting. And now the road for the Cavs is that much more clear. Right. The only team at this point. The Wizards. The Wizards. And they did good. They look sharp. They yeah, look no, great. my boy Bradley Beal and John Wall out there tenacious as ever. Right. So the only two teams we can really look at are the Cavs and uh, the Wizards. Right. But we'll see how it goes. Right now, currently, the Atlanta Hawks are the number one seed in the East, mm-hmm. as well as the Detroit Pistons, number two, Indiana, number three, and Milwaukee, number four. Cleveland's actually at the eighth seed. Why are they at the eighth seed? Because this is all... Um, Based off of one game? Yep. Oh, I mean... All these teams are 1-0. So, Atlanta, rejoice. You're the number one seed in the East as of today. For now. And... Uh, in the West, congratulations. The Houston Rockets are actually number one. Portland, because you're number two. Did you, did you see the... Well, you didn't see the game. I didn't see the end of the game. The end of the game was dumb. But listen, but listen. Didn't I say I left after the first quarter? Right. Because my bedtime was two hours earlier. Yes, it was. But I said, what, what was the score? Something infinite points to like something reasonable. It was, it was already like we had seven more minutes left in the game left it left in the first quarter and they were already at like 25 points you're talking about the golden state yeah yeah golden, golden state. state had 25 points like seven minutes into the game right and the rockets are trailing behind just trying to catch up and i said this game is going to be closer than it looks everything comes back around in the third and fourth quarter right and the rockets are i i'm saying that's what i'm saying the golden state warriors will still be number one San Antonio, in their own right, will be number and two. They did, but they the, did well the, too. The Rockets are going to be ahead of the Thunder at the end of the year because I feel like the Rockets know how to keep pace with other teams, even if they only have two superstars. Right. They shoot a ridiculous amount of threes, and they can actually hit them. Yeah. They can keep up with Golden State. Right. And I mean, it's interesting that you said the Trailblazers. You said are number two in the West. Mm-hmm. That's because they smoked the Suns. It oh, was yeah, like Suns. the Suns got 76 points mm-hmm. and the Trailblazers got 124 points. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing it here. Yeah. It was disgusting. Oh, anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, like watching that game, it was like one after the other, watching Clay Thompson score threes to a point where like, this is not even fair. Like, wh- why are we watching this? Not just Clay Thompson. Who else was hitting? <sighs> Your boy. Sw- my boy? He's not my boy. He's everybody's boy. <laughs> Swaggy P. Swaggy P. <laughs> Who is Swaggy P? Who? Nick Young. Nick Young. Nick Young came out there, traded from the Los Angeles Lakers, stepped into the role mm-hmm. with the Gold State Warriors, and he had the choice over the summer. You can go play with New Orleans mm-hmm. and take a good contract with a mm-hmm. team that's probably not going to get very far, or 
you can come here to a winning franchise and, and be we, cool. we don't need you, but we'll let you tag along. Right. Add some personality. The idea of having Swacky P and Draymond Green on the same team, they to must, me, they must get nothing done. There is, <laughs> there, is a, <laughs> there is a critical mass of debauchery happening on this There's team. There's the trolling. Just the trolling and the shenanigans that those two would do, especially because, like, Clay Thompson, who's trying to have a personality. <laughs> <laughs> With, with, his, his with his shoe commercial that is so weird. Clay uh, just sitting in a tub with some gold shoes, just like <laughs> yeah. answering his shoes. Right. I was just like, what is he trying to do having a personality? It's, Stay in your lane, honey. It's his funny. Shoe, it's cute, though. They're, like, these guys who are like, you don't think of like having, like, Steph is kind of showing his like trollingness, which, and like, that he's actually not as wholesome of a guy as everyone thinks he is, you know? Yeah, like, a little colorful. He's a little colorful, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a lot of debauchery with the two of them. I think it's... I you Remember D2, Mighty Ducks? Heck yes, I remember With D2. the Bash Brothers? Yes. That's that is, what I think Oh my God, of. that is exactly what it is. They need to get hockey jerseys from oh my God, the Mighty quack, Ducks. And quack, 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 quack. <laughs> but Swaggy P came in the game and like he hit a three and everyone's like, hey, welcome to the team, Swaggy. And then he hit another three and they were like, oh, he's catching fire. And then he hit another three. Like, I think he's three for three from threes. Yes. Isn't yes, that like three cubed? Yeah. That's like... That's 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 nine yeah. points. And then and then he, he kept on doing it. He kept doing it, and he had at the end of the game, twenty four points mm-hmm. for his team. Mm-hmm. And the next highest was Kevin Durant, I think, with twenty three. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Curry had like twenty two or something right. like. So it, it this team is going to be unstoppable. <laughs> so swaggy. This is so stupid. <laughs> what did the, what you told me? The interviewer asked Swaggy after the game. Well, yeah, he was like, you know, like how are you feeling, or like or whatever, and he's like. I think I'm the best scorer on the team. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I was like, "You're you, Swaggy P, former fiance and cheating asshole of Iggy Azalea." No, he's not. It. I said former fiance yeah. and cheater of cheating. He cheated on Iggy Azalea. Yeah, but we only know that because someone of, videotaped it in the locker room, and, and that's not permissible evidence in this court. It absolutely is because okay. I saw it. Okay, well, if you must. not in the you know the locker room boys talk, you know. Yeah, that's locker room talk. We've established <laughs> legally that this is that not this is permissible. Okay. Yes, I I died. A, just I just want you to know I died a little inside. Oh okay. And I need to take your feminist card away <laughs> for you. Um, thank it. you for being thank you for being funny. But anyway, um, that oh wait what was I saying? He said he's the the top scorer on the team. Right. And I'm just like, you have oh, him. Iggy Azalea. You have Iggy Azalea's yeah. cheating ass ex-fiance. And then you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like, <it's just> like... <laughs> Steph Curry. So I think I should make the announcement of the podcast because I said this to you and I, I, I texted it to you and you were like, are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. I actually like the Golden State Warriors now. I know. Let's Tell me more. I enjoy everything that you just said. Clay's in a tub full of his own shoes, <laughs> gold-plated, just answering phones. Again, like, having, trying to have a personality. Just trying to be, like, the, the, the I think it's a Japanese company that his Anta yeah. is his, his shoe provider. Mm-hmm. I think they're like, Clay Thompson, you're a superstar. You're our number one franchise athlete. Can we put you in this, yeah. this uh, Elizabethan tub <laughs> with your shoes? It's so and, weird. And Clay's like, I mean, I wouldn't do this back home, but sure. If that's what you want me to do. But everybody and, saw it, Clay. And then he did his promo over there, and all the Japanese fans are around and they're right. just like dunk we want him to dunk because he's doing like the shooting exhibition on the right. court where everyone's just like taking pictures watching him he's like you want me to dunk okay like 360 okay have you ever seen clay do a 360 no dunk? so he tried 
Did you fail? He got rejected by the rim. (laughs) 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 But it was so funny to watch. And he laughed at himself. Like he hit the ground. He was just laughing like, I can't, I shouldn't. I think it's because there's self. So I'm interested to see how uh, Swaggy like works with this team because this team is able to laugh at themselves, which I think yeah. I think Swaggy P Swaggy has the ability to do that. Because he even was like, I think on his Instagram, he put took a, there was like him in his jersey, <laughs> his Golden State jersey, walking down the hallway. And he's like, man, I feel cool. I look so cool, man. <laughs> Damn, I look cool. And it's like, <laughs> Just, you know, it's like you're such a dork. And that's cute that you can like make fun of yourself like that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I wonder what the dynamics of the locker room is going to be like and what it's how it's going to play out. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but you know, you have people like Clay who's like not very loud. You have KD who's also not very loud. And uh, Steph, well, well, not loud as far as like the way that Draymond and I think they swaggy been, are. I think by um what is it called? <laughs> What's it? Osmosis. Mm-hmm. They've all kind of adopted each other's personalities. Right. You are an accumulation of the five people you're closest to, right? Right. The starting five have kind of adopted their own personalities, and then you add in someone like a swaggy to that. Right. It's just like, I think you've seen Kevin Durant have a little more personality right. and be a little more outspoken on the mic right. when he's at interviews. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson isn't very vocal, but he's not vocal in a way that speaks volumes. It's very subdued. No, yeah, but Super when, you, under, when under. you do an interview with him, he does not BS. He, if he thinks your question is stupid, he's like. Yeah, man, whatever. And you just move <laughs> on to the next one. And you saw that interview of him where he's in the locker room, they're asking questions, and he just takes a swig out of his beer bottle. No. That's... Yeah, there's a one where he just looks like, I'm doing this because I have to, by league rules, do this interview, but I could not care less. And he just drinks from a bottle of what looks like Coors Light. I can't tell. Ugh. The brand. Coors but Light? Yeah. Come on now. You yeah, make... no, but he just takes a swig and he just like does one of those... <sighs> Yeah, I guess we played a good game. Like, you know, but Clay has an attitude that is is he doesn't back down for anyone. Oh yeah. I like that. And then Steph is just hardcore assassin from yeah. three. He's just lighting it up every day. So I think they're actually like their confidence level and their amount of being vocal is actually higher than it used to be. And at the end of the day, their coach is Steve Kerr. Yeah. And I just I can't Love that I, man more than I do. I loved that when they did the championship ceremony, which is the the present presentation of the rings to the front office, yeah. the co- the coaching staff, and the players. Um, that all the coaches were wearing nice suits and a and a tie. Mike Brown looked good. Ev- everyone looked great. I love a guy in a good suit. Sure. Especially a really nice blue suit. Mm. I'm a blue, but I hear you. No, it. You should wear a blue suit. You would I look wore very one. Good. You should. You I'm should. not running for president or any elected office. I mean, it just also just looks nice. Okay, anyway, black, we can talk about this black. on another day. Black also looks very nice, too. Yeah. Anyway, back to what I was saying. And he just comes out because he's the last Steve coach. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr just comes out because he's the, he's the head coach. I'm That's the head. A, I'm the top. I'm, it is front office, coaching staff. Right. Like, from, like, the lowest end of the coach, from staff develop, like team development to the head coach. In, in come, the order of how they were introduced. Yes, and yeah. how they were introduced. Steve Kerr comes out just in, like, he's wearing a suit jacket and... Uh, He's like, I'm not gonna wear a tie. He like his, no his tie. Unbu- unbuttoned, top on button the, done, top, top button undone, and he was just like, literally, what I thought was like, he took a hit of some weed before he came out. <laughs> Quite and, possible, because you know he has back problems. Still and got he's the in, card, and he has he's 
well, he's in the Cavs area, but whatever. He has a medical card, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. And uh, he was just like super chill. And I'm like, oh, what a guy. If I were Steve Kerr at this point, I would have undone two buttons because mm. you've won two championships. Mm, mm. And for every championship you win, just every year more just buttons. one more button undone. As a coach. As a coach, yeah. Right, because as a player, he's won. Now he's now yeah, he's no, total no, 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 of five no, yeah, currently. It doesn't, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, just as a coach. Mm-hmm. So one button for every championship you win. So by the time it's all it's done, it's gonna be a deep V. It's just like deep V or completely <laughs> undone. He's it just shows like, up. I just like, want you to know I look good. You know this every year. <laughs> I got you. Your boys got you. This, yeah. Anyway, the whole thing is pretty amazing. Uh, the Warriors look like a force to be reckoned with. But the but that night, the Rockets team showed up and James totally. Harden and they and won CP3, by one point. One point, and that only took. James Harden didn't have 30. He had 20-something. Mm-hmm. And CP3 only had four points that night. Yeah. He didn't shoot well. Yeah. The team is balanced enough that they... And they only went three players deep on the bench. Yeah. That team, if they get a full roster and the help they need, they can be... Well-rested players that mm-hmm. are that know the system. Like It's going to be it's gonna be really interesting. And the year's young. They can still make some trades and acquisitions. What I thought was also interesting because I was because the Cavs game was the first game, the Cavs versus uh, Celtics. Um, I was interested to see if there was any protests or anything going to be happening when right. the uh, the the Star Spangled Banner was sang, the national anthem mm-hmm. was sung, um, and nothing that I didn't see anything, but I did see all of the Cavs players lock arms mm-hmm. uh, while the Celtics players didn't, which I thought was like interesting. Um, but even more so, I didn't realize this until today, LeBron's shoes. His shoes. Do you want to talk about what happened with his shoes LeBron. or what, what his shoes sure. looked like? LeBron wore his all-black LeBron 15s. Yeah, and they look really good. Super sexy. Yeah. Good even silhouette. Even I like it. Yeah. I, I've never liked LeBron shoes until it looks really this, nice. this rendition. It's very... Good job, Nike. Mm-hmm. Um, and... On the back of the heel for each of them mm-hmm. was very prominently featured, in probably gold. in gold leaf, about a six-inch band mm-hmm. around the heel cup, a, just all bold block, look like capital letters, impact font or something, yeah, probably like a uh, maybe I a Gotham font, like a wider. It was I would say a wider impact font. It was it was bold, whatever yeah, it was. Whatever it was, yeah. it said equality mm-hmm. around both heels in gold. Big. Yeah, it, it was hard. It, I like I noticed it during the game, mm. but I didn't like think to read it. Yeah. But then when I had a moment, I was like, "Oh wow!" Did he say anything about it? They asked him, "Why'd you wear those shoes?" And what did he say? Just to continue the conversation. Good for him. Eggs. Thank you. Good yes. for him. That's awesome to hear. Yes, that. my man. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought that. I mean, it looked good. Um, I I didn't hear anything about why they locked arms. I don't. And but. I still think whether, and it looked, the coaching staff also locked arms with them, so. um, The Lakers did it too. I'm sure some other teams did it as well. But Luke Walton of the Lakers said his team will continue to lock arms throughout the season. Good for him. Um, Whatever that means. I think what it's, and I hope this doesn't happen to the Me Too movement, but I think they've taken what Colin Kaepernick's knee protest was Mm -hmm. and turned it into All Lives Matter. And it's not the same thing to lock arms to say, let's get along and not be divided. Mm -hmm. When a knee means police brutality against black and brown bodies needs to be stopped. Right. You know? And this is important. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, the season is very much at the beginning phase. Mm -hmm. And so if we have 
seven, eight months of this to go, national events will happen, current events will be what they will. I don't anticipate this is the only time we'll see players protest. If mm -hmm. the stakes are high enough, I think some players will start to take other actions and what have you. I don't know where the commissioner stands on this because his his uh, quote is that he expects the players are going to stand for the national anthem and that's what we ask yeah. them to do. Yeah. Which to me sounds a little bit forced. It sounds definitely forced mm -hmm. by league. And I, you know, when I hear Jerry Jones on the football side of things, they had a commissioner's meeting and Jerry Jones took the stance of uh, my players are going to you know, yeah. stand for the national anthem because that's what they're because that's Jerry Jones here's what I, Jerry Jones the the, the, the owner, owner of the, the Dallas Cowboys yeah and and football hall of fame owner as mm -hmm. of recently congratulations and he said you know our fans expect them to stand for the national anthem that's what they Half would the want. fans don't even stand up yeah can we talk about what your fans expect because as an owner think about this what what does the knee expect, represent yeah the knee represents I want police and uh, authorities in power who have the capacity to take someone's life to be more responsible, to be more knowledgeable, mm -hmm. and to do better mm -hmm. and show effort towards equality and yeah. treating people with... I mean, this is... We're talking about life and death here. Right. Like, that's what the knee meant for Colin Kaepernick. That's what it means for him. Right. Uh, to say... My players need to stand for the national anthem because our fans expect it. It's like, okay, so you're saying it's okay if, you know, it's okay if our police officers are doing right. just good enough. And, you know, police officers by and large do good work. Yeah. What Colin is saying is I want them to do even better. Right. I want us to I, be I'm expecting more. excellence. Mm -hmm. I'm going for excellence. I know it's, it's a tough demand, but I really want our officers not to be afraid of black and brown bodies and react harshly mm -hmm. and hastily toward threatening their lives. Right. I respect that they, you know, defend people, but I need them to stop killing certain yeah. people. And so I'm expecting a lot. Do fans expect a lot of their football team? I expect them to win games. Okay. And I'm a Bears fan, so. You, yeah. <laughs> so, so when your team, if your coach comes up and says, Hey, Bri, mm -hmm. this year for the what Bears, up, we're just going to um, actually, we're going to do our best, but I'm not going to actually, you know, ask much more of our team than what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. um, we're not the best team in the league, but no, we, sure we're, we're good enough. Mm -hmm. um, we could be better, mm -hmm. but we're just not going to. We're not going to condition. Yeah. We're not going to do two a days or practice. You know, we acknowledge we have some flaws in right. our system, but we can live with those. Yeah. Um, if we're just, you know, right. missing the playoffs, maybe we get in the playoffs, but we're not contending for the Super Bowl. Right. We're good enough. Are you okay with that as a fan? Is that no? I would okay say I would say f you so hard. Yeah. So how come the owner of the Dallas Cowboys expects his team to compete for a title every year, mm -hmm. but for men and women who wear the uniform to go out and have guns right. and the capacity and to kill, harass? Yeah abuse people that's good enough we're good i think we're good enough without it's the good enough like we're your priorities yeah we expect more from our football players than yeah. we do of so those I, who are that's really what you're saying yeah. yeah so when i go to adam silver's comments about you know our players are expected to stand it also goes but it, it sounds to me like what do our fans want to see mm -hmm. and i don't think we should worry about the fans honestly because if i'm 
LeBron James or any of these athletes who feel mm-hmm. passionately about this. I owe you good performance on the court between the lines. Right. If you got a problem with my viewpoints on this, I'll write you a letter just saying, okay, since you're okay with mediocre or just good enough, I'm just going to give you mediocre or just good enough. Yeah. That's what they should do. Yeah. How about I play worse? Yeah. Ugh, whatever. But you, apparently, and I didn't see this, but the Spurs opening night video for, yeah. like, what, what happened with that? I didn't see it. So the Spurs played a video... Um, I actually haven't seen it either, but from what I read, mm-hmm. it was a video put on by the organization mm-hmm. to highlight equality and a continued conversation around social justice. I'm sure sparked by, ignited by the words of their fiery leader, Greg Popovich. Who I love. Been very outspoken over the summer and before that about these issues of yeah. race and inequality. So... I, they played a video over the Jumbotron that the entire arena saw. That's and, awesome. and that's the kind of culture of an organization where in a winning attitude, you have the clout and capacity to say something mm-hmm. of real social Val- impact. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And people respect that because they respect the winning. If you're winning, you can use your platform for yeah. good. I wish more people were that conscious. And the thing is, like, unfortunately, that's not always the case, but... It, you know, even Pop just recently said that 45 was a soulless coward. and That's people, a good use of the C word. Yeah. And I was like, huh, thank you for saying that. We love you, yeah. Pop. Continue on. Dude, like, we're not expecting anything less from that. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see the NBA in the, in the ways that they are doing it, mm-hmm. um, really standing up for uh, social justice issues and not being cowards about it, to say the least. Yeah. The only thing I wanted to talk about, sure. about dribbling... I don't know if unless you have anything else. Yeah, go ahead. Is about the New Jerseys. Oh. So. I think I know what you're gonna say. So while we were while we were watching the Cavs versus so the NBA has New Jerseys owned by not like Nike. Mm-hmm. Before it was Adidas jerseys. We talked about it on a previous. Yeah, cast. in a previous cast it was Adidas jerseys, and now they're Nike jerseys. Mm-hmm. They're very lightweight. Lots of it's very breathable. If you've seen sustainable bas- recycled materials. Yeah, it's very eco friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've seen basketball players play, they are incredibly sweaty. Um, so, like, breathability and just, like, coolness of that is really good. Um, but these jerseys, apparently, there's a little flaw to it because they rip easily. <laughs> so, I think someone came down on LeBron or something, and it's straight up ripped in the middle straight of his back. Straight down the back. Of his, uh, so, it's like Nike. Get it together. Between the two and the three, there's just this big gap a of a rip. Yeah. And uh, he played the rest of the game in it. I was in like, it, yeah. He's played um, 15 years in the league. Yeah. And this was the first game with the New Jerseys. And Yeah. I think it was like even in the second quarter. It was like pretty early no, on. It was, it was second half. It was second half? Mm-hmm. We didn't notice it in the first half. They would have changed it out if it happened. Oh, that's true. If it was, that's true. Yeah, You're right. Had, but it, when it happened, it was like, can't stop playing now. Just keep going. And earlier last week, not last week, probably no. last month during, during the uh, preseason, preseason mm-hmm. one of the Lakers players, I forget. Was it Lonzo? I forget what number it was. Nah, he wasn't one of the, like, the premier players, but his number was something with a zero on the end. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was 10, 20, 30. Right. Because the whatever the front number was completely ripped off. Whoa. And it was just hanging by a flap. 
Oh, no. So you couldn't see what it was. Yikes. Just had a hole in the middle of the back of the jersey. <laughs> so, Nike, get it together. I mean, the player reviews are like, wow, these are great, lightweight, and yeah. readable. A little too lightweight, <laughs> a little less paper, a little more cotton right, on right. this thread count. Would um, be a little bit more thread count in general. Yeah, just like, would I don't... Would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think too much of a good thing. Yeah, because even I was just like, recycled material is awesome. But is this something that's going to be durable beyond? Mm. So, anything else you got for the dribbling section? No, that's all. All right, let us keep it moving. All right, so it's time for our dope person of the week. Who's your dope person, Alex? My dope person this week, we talked about earlier in the cast, and I just want to highlight them a little bit more. Okay. One Nicholas Young. A.K.A. Swaggy P. Swagalicious. I think it's worth noting the the number one scorer on the Warriors is an interesting person. So the the best the best scorer the best scorer all (laughs) around. What is what defines best? Just the best. (laughs) You're better at it than everyone else. Right. Of course. So here's some things about Nick Young that everyone should know. Okay. He's, he's an American basketball player, born June 1st, 1985. He's 32 years old. Really? He seems younger, doesn't he? Yup. He's young <laughs> in his name. I, I definitely thought but he was. But the young man grows old. He is 32 years old. He's, he is older than both of us. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just have a lot really, of... really <laughs> something for you. Yeah, this is why it's interesting. He's a Gemini. Cool. Uh, he is six foot, what? No, he's like six foot four. Okay. Um, you know that, that means nothing to me. He just means he's tall. Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles. Um, Father to Charles Young, mother, Mae Young. Mm -hmm. And he has siblings, Charles Young Jr. and John Young. So he, and also partner, partner to, uh, Kiana Green. That's who he's dating right now. Oh, so not Iggy Azalea. Not well. We'll get to it. Yeah, I mean, we. It's tough. It's love is complicated, Bri. <laughs> Navi Young and Nick Young Jr. are his two children. So, he was actually, like I said, born in Los Angeles, California. His older brother Charles Young Jr. actually was his sibling. He was killed as a result of gang violence. Oh, that's sad. I know it's very tragic, and it left a mark on him. Even though uh, Nick Young was very young when it happened mm-hmm. it stayed with him which is why he started the nick young foundation which gives money towards impoverished communities and helps uh thwart off gang violence in mm. those communities it works toward more peaceful communities in areas of gang violence oh wow so he put that in place and hopefully in the future he'd like to have a foundation to have a basketball camp for kids also worked into that plan as well so uh he had his career uh between 2000 for 2007, he played for the University of Southern California, and he was... UCLA. Yeah. He played with Jordan USC, Farmar. USC, Southern California, USC. Yes, USC. He played with Jordan Farmar, um, all p- against Jordan Farmar, I should say, and they have a contested relationship of friends in the NBA, but also like bitter rivals. <laughs> and uh, in 2007, he did men's basketball tournament, yada, 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 selected by the Washington Wizards in 2007. Um, picked as the 16th pick overall, mm-hmm. and uh, da, 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 team. He went to the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, played for the Sixers as well, played for the Lakers. 
and now plays for your Golden State Warriors, right? Because he wants a championship. He wants a ring. I don't know if he actually wants a ring. I think he just. I think he does. Up. He's like, well, let's get this out of the way. But I didn't get into this for the championships. <laughs> yeah, the, you're right. The money and the fun is kind of what speaks to me, but I could be wrong about that. He's going to get a ring this year. He absolutely will get a ring this year because this team is stupid. (laughs) Um, But he, on the personal note, in 2013, Nick Young began a romantic relationship with Iggy Azalea. Sure did. That actually ended. uh, Poorly. Yeah, in the last couple years when uh, his teammate D'Angelo Russell Mm -hmm. video recorded him in the locker room talking about the romantic affairs he had with several other women besides Iggy Azalea. And then mistakenly posted that to a social media and the whole world saw including Iggy Azalea or maybe his phone was hacked right which is know. what he said we that's don't what D'Angelo Russell sure. said it was the Russians <laughs> so it was blame him for everything else anyway the relationship ended and they're not together which is why he's dating uh, his current partner um, other things you would need to know about Nick Young are that he doesn't do pregame interviews he's not into it uh, mm-hmm. The origin of Swaggy P. Yes. People call him Swaggy P. Right. Because that's what his Twitter name is. Mm-hmm. And he's, oh my well, God. how come you got the Twitter name? And he said, God gave it to me. I'm sure God did. It's either in a <laughs> dream or just it came to him by some other divine signal. Sure. But Swaggy P said, all right, God, if that's what I'm supposed to do, I'm Swaggy P. That's how Nick Young became Swaggy P. And he said this in interviews that this is how I've gotten my name. God yeah. divinely gave it to me in a yeah. dream slash whatever. And people are saying, are you ever going to tell us like the real shit? Yeah, uh, like, like how you get it? What is this? And he's like, maybe I'll write a book someday, but I can't give it away all right now. I can't give you the sauce, baby. Yeah. I can't just give you how it's <laughs> I like. can totally see him saying that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so he also wants to, uh, he admires Deion Sanders and sees himself as like the NBA version of Deion Sanders. Mm. Prime time. Mm. That's how he sees himself. Not that he's going to go play football or baseball or some other sport. Right. But he said, I just want to be like, a primetime figure, something entertaining for fans to see. He's very entertaining. He's very good to look at. He's an attractive mm-hmm. dude. He's yeah. not. He's definitely not a, an ugly champ. Um, and he also doesn't like to wear socks outside the court, outside the lines. He prefers to go all natural with his feet. What? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? This is being reported by uh, Sheridan Hoops mm-hmm. interview uh, that he just doesn't like to wear socks with his shoes. But like when he plays a plays, when he plays, he has socks on. I was saying because that's gross. off the court. Some loafers, some oh, sliders, like some sandals, yeah, shoes that just don't have socks. Uh, All right. So that's that's what he's about, and uh, that is the most we can tell you about Swaggy P at this time. So my dope person of the week, just a little little background information on your boy. Yeah, and it's really cool that he does stuff for the community regarding gang violence and just. Like helping people out in that in that way who are dealing with all of that. He's more than just a baller. He's more than just a baller, which is cool. Um, so my deal person of the week are two people. Okay. And actually, technically, they're four people. But is I'll it get to that. The founders of TBH. No, it is not the founders of TBH. Oh, okay. But um, by the way, I just downloaded and like looked at it for a little bit. I have like none of my friends in it. So if anyone wants to do it and be my friend, like I'm down. <laughs> like. Say nice things about me. Anyway, <laughs> back to the, back to my dope person. So, uh, on October fifteenth, which happens to be my half birthday. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Um, carry the two. I carry. Yeah. 
Karen, Karen the two, um, uh, Russell Westbrook and Nick Hollison, uh, both of the Oklahoma City Westbrooks, mm-hmm. I mean the Thunder, um, uh, posted a, a picture. Russell Westbrook specifically posted, uh, was it? Yeah, it was four pictures of one that's a little bit closer. It's the same picture, one that looks like a little bit closer than the other, um, of, of, um, what are their names? I want to make sure I get it right. Oh, you're talking about Wes? Of Wesley Snipes, because mm. I know it's Wesley, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrison from White Man Can't Jump. I saw this. And then right next to their, like they're just slouched down sitting, and then it, the next one is of um, the both of them playing, so Russell Westbrook being the black man of the duo uh, was playing Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson played by Nick Carlson. Um, if and I saw that, I was just like, thank you, Russell Westbrook, for this really half funny. birthday gift yeah it was so lovely it was i was like this is awesome um it was such like it, it like to to a t looked like that picture like they were the, they had the jacket the deep v tank yeah. top yeah. you know like the hat like all those things it looked it looked sharp um and then they took their wives slash partner i don't know oh, nick was- collison's <laughs> situation um so nick collison's uh wife um, portrayed Rosie Perez, Rosie Perez's character in White Men Can't Jump. Who, who is Latina. Who is Latina. Um, and, like, she didn't appropriate the culture. Like, she literally just wore, like, a blank tank top and a couple of chains. So she, I don't yeah. know if she is a Latina herself, but By she looks picture. Great. I mean, kind of. she kind of does, but she she's pa- she's white passing, so she also could be white. I don't know. Just like how mm. Rosie Perez is very, can be white passing, but the minute she starts talking, you're like, oh, you're Latina. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then Russell Westbrook's uh, wife um, played Tyra Farrell, Farrell mm-hmm. um, who plays Wesley Snipes' love interest in White Men Can't Trump. And I just needed some goodness in my life, and I really appreciated that... Um, that goodness came in the form of those pictures from mm. the both of them. I very much appreciated that, especially when there's so much garbage in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and I assumed Russell was thinking about me. He's like, Hey, it's Bri's half birthday. Let's give her this. Let's give her this thing where I'm going to show you that I'm going to win Halloween. I'm sure that's what it was. hundred percent. As you're saying this, I'm thinking of a business plan between Russell Westbrook partnering with Hallmark Cards. <laughs> like you should just make 365, mm-hmm. 366 on certain years. Yes. Cards of Russell Westbrook specific birthdays for days of the year. Mm-hmm. And everyone can just give their, the gift that everyone wants, a Westbrook uh, greeting card yes, for your birthday. Absolutely. And hashtag why not? Right? Hashtag why not? Because that's that's if you don't know, that's Russell Westbrook's like life motto. That's why right. not? Why not be the MVP? Why I, not? I'm gonna be the MVP. Yeah. I'm gonna name the entire team after me and I can do whatever <laughs> the hell I want. Because I am Russell Westbrook. That picture made me really happy. At first I saw the one with them crouching. Yeah. And the V that he cut in the tank top. Mm-hmm. That took skill. Yeah. Like, that's hard to get a, the, a, a yellow and a red top mm-hmm. over each other to look right. Spot on. But then the picture of them with their, their wives significant and, others. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is too perfect. This, it, was, it was wonderful. It made me, it, it put a smile on my face that I needed. Really relaxed. The only thing that would have made it even just like, the only thing missing was Nick Collison has 
brown hair instead of blonde. That's literally Lit- the yeah, only honestly thing. the only thing. But it still works. It just looks great. I also like that, you know, they're teammates and that they hang out and they have a couple's costume together. Yeah, that's, that's adorable. Cute. So they won nice. Halloween two weeks in, in advance and I'm very appreciative of that. because They did. They totally won Halloween. They won Halloween? Yeah, oh yeah. Until Beyonce does it because we all know he, she's going to. I didn't know it was a competition but that's alright. No, they won like, they, like Halloween they costume of of the year of 2017? Wouldn't you consider that? Was there a race? I didn't know. There's always a race. What? Who, you, where did you enter? Um, you enter in like Instagram. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag Halloween Hashtag. costume contest 2017. Usually Beyonce, Jay-Z, and Blue wins every year. Oh. Because, you know, they just do. They just show year. up as themselves? No, no, no. Like they show up as like Janet Jackson and... Michael Jackson? And Michael... Well, I think I think Jay Z was he was Michael Jackson. You should just it's look a up. Hard sell. You should look up as yes, it is a hard sell. You should look up um, just like the Carter's Halloween costumes, okay. and it is impressive. Okay, it is very impressive. So I'm looking forward to what this year is going to be for the Carters, especially with two new additions mm-hmm. with Rumi and Sir. So. Oh right. Because right. they have they have twins. Wait. Oh, right. There were two of them There's this time. There's two of them. A boy and a girl. Two for one deal. I forgot yeah, it was a two yeah. for one. Two for one deal. So I wonder what... Like, are they going to be the Jackson 5? All five of them? Which one would be Michael? Um, the favorite twin. Or Beyonce. Because Beyonce was Janet Jackson before and looked spot on like Janet Jackson. Like, costume-wise. He goes... Jay-Z's like, I want to be Michael. And she's like, you're going to be Tito this year. <laughs> This year you're going to be Tito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah. Anyway. So thank you, Russell Westbrook and Sir Carlson for, um, Nick Carlson for just making my day. It's what yeah. I wanted. It's what I needed in my, in my world today. Um, because we could always use a little bit of goodness. Anything nice. else you want to add before we end off? No. Episode I, 19? I just want to say, let the season begin. This is, this feels great. So good. So good. So good to be back. Yeah. To the swing of things. All right, y'all. Thanks for checking us out, and uh, we'll catch you later. See ya.